You're listening to The Riverwalk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today, we're going to talk about a cautionary Christmas. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Please turn with me in your Bibles today. Back to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. We went through the whole book of Galatians a few months ago. But I want to highlight something in Galatians chapter 4 today. Message that I felt led to share with you. A perfect day to share this one simple verse we're going to look at in a little bit. I'm going to read a larger passage. But one simple verse in Galatians 4 we're going to focus on today. It's that time of year. I'm so excited about this time of year. Everything seems to shift this time of year. The weather is about to turn colder. The movies that are on TV are about to change. Now, instead of seeing, you know, the normal movies we see, you're going to start seeing Home Alone and the Polar Express. We're going to see Christmas movies. The music is going to start changing. I imagine Mr. John probably has some new songs we're going to start singing next week. Christmas carols. You know, the food is about to start changing, too. It already has in my house. I love them little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. Boy, if they're not in heaven, I'm going to be upset. Christmas cookies, Christmas lights, decorations. I don't hide the fact, church, I don't hide it at all, that this is absolutely my favorite time of year. It's my favorite season. But as we get ready to enter this time of year, I want to share with you a word of caution, a word of warning that Paul wrote the Galatian church. Now, if you were here a few months ago when we went through the Galatians, You'll probably remember that it is one of the harshest letters. I think it is the harshest letter that Paul wrote to any church. He wrote to Galatians and he just criticized them up and down. He was the only church that he called them fools. He said, you foolish Galatians. And he just goes after them over and over and over again. Galatians, the Galatian church was being infiltrated by, by Judaizers, people trying to take them back into the old way of life. And I didn't focus too much on this passage whenever we went through it, so it's a good time today to read it today. So let's read in Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you serve those which by nature are not God's. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage. Now here's the verse. Verse 10. You observe days and months and seasons and years. See, I read that and I read about all the things. I just shared all the things that I love about this season. Then I get to verse 10 in Galatians. And this is not a good thing. This is a bad thing. And I read that and I have to say, uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh, Kevin, because I'm observing days and months and seasons and years. So one could read this, and if you're going to make an argument against celebrating any holiday, not just Christmas, 
You could do it by reading this verse. So what's he saying here? Would Paul criticize me for celebrating Christmas? Would he criticize me for giving and receiving gifts? Would he have a problem with Bill and Linda's lit up yard? I mean, that's a question that we need to be able to answer because it's a very good question. See, I think it's a good thing to celebrate the birth of Christ. And Paul even pointed it out. I put it in your bulletin. The the birth of Christ. That's what he mentions in verse 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of a virgin. Two things in Jesus' life that make him different than any other being ever. One is the immaculate conception. And the other is the fact that he conquered death. No one in all of history has done that. So, of course, it's good to celebrate it. So what's going on here? I don't think he was condemning them. He's mentioned uh, three things. Days and months and seasons and years. The Jewish calendar, they had days like the Sabbath. That's what he's talking about in days. They had months Month feasts like Passover and Pentecost. Then they had year things like the year of Jubilee that occurred every 15 years. I don't think he was celebrating or condemning them for celebrating these days or observing these days. And I don't think that because there's other Jewish things that that Paul seems to totally endorse. In Acts 16, he took Timothy to be circumcised, a Jewish thing. In 1 Corinthians and Romans both, Paul says, hey, I'm not even going to eat meat if it offends somebody else. He's totally okay with them doing things. See, he's not criticizing them for celebrating Passover or remembering the Exodus or keeping any of the other celebrations. It wasn't the act of doing it. It was the reasoning for their doing it. They were doing these things to earn favor with God, for God to honor them rather than honoring God through them. They were reverting back and becoming somebody else entirely. These feasts were and still are good to remember, but they are not a means for salvation. They had gotten their priorities and they had gotten their doctrine all mixed up. In verse 9, you see it. That's really, really what Paul had a problem with. Verse 10 is the effect, but verse 9 was the problem. It says, now after you have known God, now you're Christians, or rather are known by God. Now you know God, God knows you. How is it that you're turning again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to once be in bondage? You're turning back into somebody else that you're not today. You're forgetting the reason for all of this. It's a word of caution from Paul to the Galatians. And I'm afraid that so many Christians do the same today. And I just want to share a few things with you today that lead to a counterfeit Christmas, a wrong way to enter this holiday season. And really, it's a simple truth, just one simple truth that's going to wrap up everything I tell you today. And it's this, there should be no difference in how Christians live during Christmas. Not one. I'm not talking about the food that we eat. There's going to be different food. I'm not talking about the gifts we give. I'm not talking about the songs we sing. I'm talking about the life we live. See, so many times we get this idea that a Christmas 
season is an excuse to live differently or that there's a different life that takes place during this season. The same things that was going on in the Jewish church back then. Just like the Jews, they had to deal with Jewish generosity versus Christian generosity. During a time of year, they were more tempted to give more than usual. And it's the same thing today. I want to tell you, there's the difference between Christmas generosity and Christian generosity. The world views Christmas as the only season to give. It's the season of giving. But the Bible says Christians are to always be generous. God loves a cheerful giver every single day of the year in all seasons. Church, it's a problem if you're waiting on Christmas lights or Christmas music or Christmas trees to show generosity towards others. Unlike Christmas generosity, we have more than just presents to give. We have love. We have a story. We have a testimony. And we have a Savior to share with the lost world around us. Christmas is a great season to do it. But so is January, February, and all through December. There should be no difference this season than last season. There's also the idea of Christmas love versus Christian love. One of the reasons I love this time of year is because it seems like it's one of the only times of year that people get over their differences. One of the only times of year that we kind of forget about pro-mask or anti-mask, pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. We all seem to love each other more, but that shouldn't be the case for Christians. Christian love should triumph Christmas love every single time. It's a problem if you only love your neighbor and enemy during a Christmas season. Love your neighbor is what Jesus told us to do every day and every season. You should talk to people and treat people the same on July 25th as you do December 25th. It should be no difference. If you're loving your neighbor more during the Christmas season... Maybe you're loving for the wrong reason. And the real, the real thing that matters is why are we doing these things? Are we doing it to earn favor? Or are we doing it to show favor to God? If the Christmas season is the only season that you make time for your children and your family, man, that's a horrible way to live. That makes you a bad parent and that makes you a bad Christian. What about Christmas service versus Christian service? Every year we see it around the holidays. I've even heard the term a CEO Christian Christmas and Easter only. I don't think Paul would have a problem at all with us celebrating Christmas and certainly not Easter. But boy, he would have a problem with us just being Christmas and Easter only Christians. Church attendance and evangelistic outreaches, they're going to increase this time of year. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but I am saying that your Christian service never ceases and it should never, ever change. As a matter of fact, how sad is it that during the Christmas season, usually the opposite happens. A lot of times the opposite happens. Oh, we're willing to get up at 4 a.m. to go get a Black Friday deal on a crock pot, but come to Sunday school 
get here at 920 to pray together for a great week and to invest in the lives of the children, that's asking too much. Christmas service and Christian service are two different things. Christian service never ceases. It's active all year, 24-7, 365 a year. I love the Christmas songs we're going to sing. I can't wait. But listen, we should sing Amazing Grace and Victory in Jesus as loud and as proud as we sing Joy to the World. And we should be every bit as moved by it. If you don't get moved when you sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, then may I suggest maybe you've never experienced it. Our church participation and our attendance, should it increase during the holiday season? Why in the world would it? Do you think that Jesus' blood is any more special during the Christmas season than the other season? You know what one of the saddest things about the Christmas season is? The Christmas season shouldn't be the only time of year when the word Christ comes out of your mouth. I mean, think about that. How many times during this Christmas season will you say Merry Christmas? I've even seen bumper stickers that say Merry Christmas. And that's fine. That's a wonderful thing. And that's a great thing. But let me ask you, in the other 11 months of the year, how many times have you said the name Jesus outside the church walls? How many times have you said Christ outside of Christmas? Christmas shouldn't be the only time of year when the word Christ comes out of our mouth. I mean, Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. But if we're not careful, it can be a dangerous time of the year. I think of the feast of Passover. Passover, the way I understand it, it seems a whole lot like Christmas. Feast and music... The whole nine yards, people get together, people make pilgrimages, families come together, and it just seems like a great time, just like Christmas. But do you remember what happened when Jesus walked in the temple and he saw how it was being celebrated in Matthew 21 and in Mark 15? Jesus had a real problem with the way they were abusing the holy day and the holy place. He overturned the tables and he threw them out. Jesus didn't care that they were celebrating Passover. Heck, he he did it with them. He celebrated Passover. But he was angered that they were abusing the Passover. They were abusing a feast for a personal gain. Church, I just want to tell you anything, even the best of things, even the most religious things can be a hindrance to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was really getting to here. You observe days and months and seasons and years. You're doing all of these things and you don't even know why you're doing it. You're observing these days, you're observing these months, you're observing these seasons, and you're observing these years, all celebrating, looking for a Passover lamb that has already came. So celebrate it, remember it, but don't forget the reason behind it. Don't let it cloud the gospel. Well, Brother Kevin, this is a horrible way to start the Christmas season. You sound like a Scrooge. 
I assure you, I'm not. I'm on the bipolar opposite. I'm not a Scrooge. I love Christmas. On the contrary, I want more than the spirit of Christmas. I want the spirit of Christ. Do you know how different the world would look if we could embrace the spirit of Christ versus the spirit of Christmas? I mean, just just take something as simple as football or little league ball. You would never, ever, ever let your kid go to a ball game on Christmas Day. Because guess what? Christmas triumphs Little League. But if there was a softball game today or there was a gymnastics tournament today, a day when you're going to worship Christ, well, that's okay. That's letting the spirit of Christmas triumph the spirit of Christ. You would never, ever, ever, on a, if, if Christmas was on a Wednesday, you wouldn't work on a Wednesday. You, you would schedule everything around to observe Christmas. Well, why is it on Wednesdays and on Sundays and during revivals and during every evangelistic event, it is literally like everybody plans their schedule to avoid Christ altogether. When do we get to the point where we put Christ, Christmas above Christ? Listen, I, I want the opposite. I want Christmas. I want Christ 24-7. Christmas. The body of Christ 24-7. I want to see moms and dads playing together all year. Maybe, maybe the reason is the only reason we get together on Christmas Day as a family is the only reason we let our kids get away from the world. You know, you can do that other days of the year too. I want people to go out of their way and show love for each other all year long. I want to see my children's faces light up more than just on Christmas morning. I want our worship services to be full, absolutely full. I want our Sunday school to be full. I want our prayer meeting to be full. I want our songs to be sung louder and prouder. And I want it every single Sunday. And that's not asking too much for the one that gave his life for me. We've looked at all these things this morning. We've looked at Christmas service versus Christmas service. Christian generosity versus Christmas generosity. But let me just tell you the most dangerous thing of all. The biggest caution I can give you this Christmas season. The most dangerous thing of all is Christmas doctrine versus Christian doctrine. Do you know what the Christmas doctrine is? The Christmas doctrine is that everyone can somehow work their way off the naughty list. Man, that's what it is, you know. Be nice for mom and dad. Be nice to your sister. Be nice to your brother. Be nice to your friends. Share your toys. You know it. It's a great parenting tool. It really is. I'm not even going to lie. But the Christian doctrine is so, so very opposite. The Christmas doctrine says you can work your way to the nice list. But the Christian doctrine says, nope, no way, no how. Because here's the thing, church. We're all, pastor included, we're all on the naughty list. Young, old, it doesn't matter. We're all sinners And there is no number of good deeds we can do to get off of it. 
The Bible says that our righteousness is as of filthy rags. And we don't deserve any gift this Christmas. None of us here deserved God of earth to come and be born of Mary. None of us deserve that. That's what makes it a gift. That's what makes it so great. The only thing we deserve is hell for our sins. Don't let this season fool you of that. But Christ came to save us from what we deserve, to give us what we couldn't and what we can't obtain. You know what? Christmas is so much better when you've received that marvelous gift of salvation that you did not earn. When you realize not only that Jesus came, but why He came. So many people around the world, they will recognize Christmas and they will recognize that it's the day we celebrate Jesus' birth. And that's great and that's wonderful. But realizing that He came is only one small part of the puzzle. It's not that He came. It's why He came. And why did He come? Look in Galatians 4, 4 again. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem, to redeem us, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. That's why He came. He came to redeem us. He came to save us. He came to make us something so much better. That Christmas joy that only comes around one time a year for the world, that's ours 24-7. That happiness, that generosity, that peace, that love, all that that you get a glimpse of this time of year can last forever if you accept Jesus as your Savior. I just want to close this morning and I want to tell you, man, I'm going to celebrate Christmas with the best of them. We've already been to Candy Cane Lane and we'll go again and we're going to love the lights and we're going to sing loud and proud. But let me just tell you, church, don't fall into the trap of worshiping Christmas when we're to be worshiping Christ. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope that you'll hold to Christian doctrine over Christmas doctrine. And remember that Jesus is the reason for every season. Have a great week.